Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tanaguzzi, and this is Edmonton's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Joining me today is Linda Huang, who is a leading Alberta blogger and social media strategist. Thanks for joining us today, Linda. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, let me talk, well, I'll ask you, first of all, just about being a blogger and, and uh, how did you get into that? Yeah, so I've actually had a blog since I was about 10 years old, but it wasn't really called a blog back then. <laughs> and I wasn't making any money off of it uh, at that time. So I really I started blogging because I was kind of a nerdy kid. I was on the computer a lot and I really liked writing. Um, so I just hop on, write about thoughts, what I'm doing this week, things like that. And then it just kind of stuck with me over the years. Um, so yeah, uh, and then eventually, I guess an industry sort of emerged around bloggers and and content creators, and uh, and I and I had experience in that, so I was able to to kind of really benefit from it as well. But it's been a very long, I think, blog journey. So, what do you blog about? I blog about uh, basically food, things I'm eating, things other people should be eating, and uh, and travel during a pandemic. There hasn't been much of that, but actually, you might be surprised. There's a lot of travel to be done right in your own province. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of that as well. So it's mostly food and travel are my topics. So a lot of people kind of wonder about blogging and, and that. So how does one make money blogging? <laughs> Uh, well, these days, a lot of the money that's made blogging is through partnerships with companies. Um, so if you're blogging about hopefully topics that you're interested in and passionate about, um, then brands and businesses that are also sort of in that niche will want to partner with you to write blog content. And now a lot of it is also social media content about that sort of topic. So you probably have similar audiences, mm-hmm. um, with your blog and a business, uh, and then you kind of, come together uh, to, to still write about topics that you're interested in, but at the same time, you're sort of doing it in a way that highlights the business that you're partnering with as well. That's probably the most common way to make money off of a blog today. Okay, super. Now, I imagine, you know, there are so many uh, quote-unquote bloggers out there, right? And uh, so what's the key to being a good blogger? Like, uh, what are some of the factors that uh, that kind of separates you, uh, you know, I, I mean, you in general, <laughs> apart, <laughs> apart from anybody else, uh, Tom, Dick and Harry type thing uh, that, that, that uh, says, hey, I want to be a blogger. Yeah, I mean, I think the misconception is that, um, I mean, certainly anyone can do it, uh, but that it happens easily. So really something that sets apart bloggers or content creators who are doing it for a living and are actually making money off of it is that they are working very hard. (laughs) It's a lot of work. uh, And you're also investing a lot of your own time and a lot of your own money into it before you see really any type of reward uh, or any type of, let's say, businesses wanting to work uh, with you. So it's a lot more work than people expect. Um, I think what sets people apart or, you know, me 
in in general is that you have people that are also uh, more ethical <laughs> and have kind of integrity with what they choose to write about, who they choose to partner with, the messages that they choose to share versus a whole lot of other people who are willing to kind of shill anything. <laughs> so you kind of, yes, you kind of have that difference. Um and then I would say it's really, I personally believe it comes down to the, to the person. Um, so anyone can really write about or post about food related things. And yeah. I don't think that I'm any more, you know, knowledgeable about food than, you know, than a chef or someone who has studied food. But it's really what, uh, what businesses want out of me or what people like when they look at my stuff is, is my personality. So kind yeah. of really defining what your personality is, that is really going to set you apart. I guess also one of the, the key things uh, is uh, being genuine and uh, authentic, right? Uh, how important is that? So important. So, uh, so I think everyone has probably met someone um, who they thought was going to be different based on their online personality or, or how they maybe write or post online. And you don't, you never want that. Um, so you want to be the same person that you are and you want to make sure that you're true to your values. So something that is very important to me um, with my business, where a lot of my income is coming in from partnerships with brands, is that I'll actually regularly decline uh, work and I'll regularly decline business because I don't think it's a fit. It doesn't suit my values. I actually anticipate there would be pushback from my followers who would maybe challenge, you know, this doesn't, this isn't you or this isn't who you have portrayed yourself to be. So all of that stuff is super important is you got to make sure that it's um, Mm. what you're writing and who you're partnering with makes sense for how you have portrayed yourself online. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and how important is the visual aspect of a, <clears throat> of a blog or a, a, a social media post, whether it's uh, a photo or, or, a, or an actual video? Yeah. So I think what's really interesting is that blogger, content creator people today are actually multiple multiple people. They're photographers, they're art directors, they're videographers. So you have to have all of these pretty creative um, and technical skills. Uh, and, it, and it is important to do so. And I think that's just kind of maybe how uh, the industry has evolved is that people don't really want to look at a blurry photo of something. <laughs> uh, so when you and so that kind of ties into figuring out your personality and your voice as well is it's your voice of your images too. It's your voice of those visuals that you're putting out there. It's your style. Um, And you can see in like a quick scroll of someone's Instagram, okay, this is kind of their vibe or whatever that, or whatever that might be. And it might be a vibe that you like, and it might be a vibe that, you know, you're not, you're not vibing with, (laughs) but, uh, but people who are doing this for a living or want to do it for a living um, are very intentional about this is the type of lighting I like. This is kind of the the, the style of photo I like. Um, and all of those things play into what their audiences uh, sort of think or expect of them. Okay, I've got to ask you this question. Um, <laughs> food. <laughs> what is it about food that just draws like like a vacuum everybody's attention? <laughs> even for myself, all I... I, I go to a, some place and I have a pasta dish and take a picture and put it up and everybody's looking at it. <laughs> what is it about food? 
Honestly, it's funny you say that because when I, you know, a decade ago when I was doing this, there was a lot of people that would make fun of people who posted photos of their food. <laughs> and then, you know, a decade later, it's like, well, actually, I, I have made a business out of posting photos of my food. Um, but I don't know. I think definitely in general, whether it's food or, or something else on social media, a lot of it has to do with like an aspiration. So I think people... It, it's it's content that makes people want to eat that themselves, want to travel there themselves. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what pulls them in and gets them excited. Let's talk a little bit about social media. One of the things you do uh, is a social media strategist. Can you talk a little bit about that? Who do you talk to and who do you uh, uh, work with uh, in that area? Yeah. So as a social media strategist, I basically have a few different clients where I'm providing them with strategy plans. I'm coming up with social media captions, suggested visuals for them them to post on their accounts. Um, and so it's pretty nice. I would say actually when I started my own business, I'm in year three now uh, of being my own boss. Um, when I started, I thought it would be 50-50 uh, kind of social media strategy work for clients and then 50% blogging content creation um, and it's actually it's probably actually more 80% is blogging content and 20% is strategy which is intentional so um, so again I think there's a lot of power in getting to a position where you can turn down work or say that's yeah. not going to be a fit for me um, or you know maybe in your mind you're like mm, it seems kind of boring I don't want to do that yeah. uh, and so so yeah so I've got some really cool clients um, from the strategy side that that I that I love so I work with an organization called World Skills International um, and their mission is to basically bolster skilled trades in uh, young people around the world uh, so it's super cool they do world competitions um, and and they have members uh, in countries all over the place. And, and basically, the idea is that we want to educate and train young people to have different hands-on skills uh, that, that helps economies yeah. um, and helps them with their careers. Um, and then another one that I always do... I take on every year. It just it just wrapped up is Silver Skate Festival in Edmonton. Uh, they're Edmonton's longest running winter festival. Um, and so that's a very like short period of time. I kind of come in bef right before the festival and then manage all of their social media strategy and content during the festival. Um, and yeah, so it's either a mix of sort of an ongoing strategy and consulting over the year for a couple of clients, or it's very event based or campaign uh, focused support, which, uh, yeah, which is, which is my preference. You know what? I, I want to focus on the word strategy there for a second, because yeah. I think that's a, an important key element of uh, of a business or an or or organization because a lot of them say yeah yeah we got to get onto social media i want to do social media <laughs> yeah. but it's all haphazard and chaotic and it's all over the place and there is no strategy and, and so why is that important yeah it's it's, I think, uh, very missed um, because I think there is this per, uh, misconception that um, anyone can do social media because anyone can sign up for an account and start posting stuff. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean that the stuff is good. Uh, and then to use that word, it doesn't mean that the content that you're sharing is strategic. So why are you posting this? Why are you posting this many times? Why are you using these words and not these words? Um, so all of those things as part of that strategic planning or strategic thinking um, that I do for different businesses and that I think all businesses could benefit from. It's just usually they just want to say, well, 
well, don't you just, you just post a picture. <laughs> um, but then if you, but then when you don't see results from that, you have to start thinking, oh, well, maybe it's because I shouldn't have posted this picture or that this picture didn't, didn't have or serve any purpose for my bigger goals. Um, and that's really the part of strategy is that you're trying to tie those very tactical uh, pieces to something bigger. Um, and you're trying to make sure that what you're posting on social media lines up with maybe what you're doing in store and then lines up with what your bigger picture goals for your business are. Uh, and, and it's a lot of work. So that's why it's often missed. It's just, you, they kind of just jump right to the, just do it. Part. But you know, whether, you know, whether they do it right or wrong, uh, the, I, I guess the point is they have to be on it. Right. Like, uh, like uh, it's, I guess unheard of and uh, in many ways kind of unwise uh, for any organization or business not to have some presence on social media these, these days, right? Yeah, I usually say, because um, I've had clients in the past who uh, who didn't care about social media or didn't think it was worth the time. Um, and I had said to them, you know, you might not. Well, first of all, you're missing an opportunity. If anything, you're missing an opportunity to reach more people, to create customers, to get people to spend money with your business. Um, but then you're also just because you are not on social media does not mean that people are not talking about your business or your services on social media. Sure. So why wouldn't you want to be where people are talking about it or potentially talking about it? So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, huge opportunity in general, lots of positive aspects of it. And then there's a lot, also a lot of, you know, crisis management that yeah. occurs or can occur online too, um, that you might be missing if you're sort of rejecting uh, being on it. <laughs> okay. Let's switch gears for a second uh, and talk, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> Some people might not think, you know, what, what you do as a blogger is a business, but indeed it is a business, right? <laughs> and uh, tell me what it's like uh, for you to be an entrepreneur. What do you, uh, what do you like to, uh, about doing what you do from, from that aspect? Yeah, I mean, I love uh, setting my own hours, sort of. So yeah. I think maybe maybe the misconception with being your own boss is that you don't work a traditional nine to five, which is can be true, uh, but then what they don't actually follow up with saying is that you're probably working like until midnight or something. So you're kind of working 24 seven in a lot of ways. And because it's your business in, in, in many ways, you don't, a, you don't mind because you're, you, it's something you've built and it's something that you want to grow and, and build success for. So you'll, you'll put in as many hours as you want because it's, it's your kind of baby. Um, and then two, I think it's sort of, it's, it's, you sort of blur the lines a lot. So I love that I'm able to take, you know, a really long lunch break. My job is a little confusing because taking a lunch break could be considered working for me since I post about food. <laughs> but I can take a long lunch break and then just kind of make it up in the evening. So the flexibility, I think, is really nice. I never have to worry about, um, well, no, I can't do that because I, I have to be at my desk for something. I don't really yeah. need to do that. So I love that. And I think it's just the, the opportunity to see something like an idea that you have and something that you've worked on and kind of created sort of come to life and, and see success. I think that's really, that, that's one of the really cool things about entrepreneurship is okay. sort of going from idea to, to creation. On the flip side, then, <laughs> what don't you like about being an entrepreneur? <laughs> I think really it is that 
no work-life balance. Um, and probably some entrepreneurs are better at it than others. And I'm certainly trying to set my boundaries. I think it's, again, my scenario is a bit different because my hobby is also social media. So that's what I would be on during my downtime. But then my social media is also my work. So it feels like I never actually have any type of downtime. Um, so that's kind of, that's, I think, probably the biggest challenge. Okay, so I'm curious. And I know you said you did uh, uh, this kind of writing stuff uh, since you were young and a little girl. Uh, if you weren't doing what you do now, uh, what career path do you think you would have taken? Yeah, so I thought for a long time uh, growing up that I would be a teacher because uh, I do like, um, and, and I actually do that in my work now, I do social media training. Um, oh. So there's some of that. Uh, so I always thought I would either be a teacher or actually what I went to school for because I didn't, you can't actually go to school technically to major in social media. Uh, but there's lots of courses you can take that are related to social media. Uh, but I went to school for journalism and television broadcasting. So, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, I mean, a lot of the skills are so transferable. And so what I like to say is that my job is I'm a storyteller and just how I tell the stories has changed. So if I wasn't doing social media kind of storytelling, I would probably, I could still see myself doing it in other, maybe more yeah. traditional ways. You know, I, I just as an aside, I, you know, when you mentioned about social media and education and stuff, uh, I, I have noticed though now that more uh, institutions are starting to offer that, right? And, uh, and, I, yeah. and I believe U of A, uh, you know, for uh, all the listeners out there who uh, are curious. <laughs> anyways, U of A has, have, has got some program in place because I see their ads keep popping up on ah. social media to, to entice me to join these programs, <laughs> social media skills. Right? It's funny you mentioned that. I actually teach two of the courses of that U of A social media certificate there you go. program. Maybe <laughs> Maybe I'll sign up and you can teach me a thing yeah, or two. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's yeah, work life balance. You talked about, uh, but you do other things besides this. And I want to talk <laughs> about two of your initiatives. Uh, one is uh, you're the founder of Stop Race Based Hate. Tell me what that's about. Yeah, so Stop Race-Based Hate is a new initiative. Um, I teamed up with my friends uh, Jesse Cayabo and Carmen Chang, who are both in Calgary, Alberta. Um, we're, we're, all, we're all women of color. Uh, we've all experienced racism. Um, and in the past year, we just have felt more uh, compelled to do something. Um, and so the more we sort of shared about anti-racism just on our, our personal social media accounts, the more feedback we kept getting from people that, oh, I've never thought about it that way, or, oh, thank you for uh, articulating this um, in this way. So we found that there appeared to be this gap in um, people wanted to call out racism, but they just couldn't find the right words or explanation yeah. to do it. So the initiative is basically a website tool that has a bunch of different racist statements. Many of them are subtle uh, racist statements that, that a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't know that that was wrong to say. Um, and then it gives people those words. So it, it gives an explanation as to why this is racist. It, it gives more resources and reading so that people can kind of uh, educate and arm themselves with words um, and then kind of have that confidence to go out and when someone in 
their network does say something racist, they're not going to feel like they can't say anything because they're not sure what to say. The tool helps them uh, find those words to call out racism. Okay, super. And uh, it's a it's a tough one <laughs> to say quickly. Stop. <laughs> it's kind of like a little yeah. <laughs> Second thing, this is kind of intriguing to me when I saw in your bio, you're also founder of the Edmonton International Cat Festival. (laughs) Yeah. That is. (laughs) <laughs> so um, the, the Edmonton International Cat Festival launched in 2014. And at the time, we were the only cat festival of its kind in Canada. Uh, since then, there's one other. There's one other cat fest. Uh, we're friends with them, so it's fine. <laughs> but um, but, uh, but it's basically a big celebration of cats. Uh, and then we raise money for cat rescues. So it's a charitable event. It's once a year. It's literally like just a big party for cat people. Um, and we have all sorts of cat related content. You can pet cats. You can learn about cats on a you know, like stage uh, educational conference component. Uh, you can do cat crafts. We fly in before the pandemic. We flew in celebrity cats and people would line up to meet uh-huh. celebrity cats. Like who? <laughs> Uh, we've had Suki the cat is an adventure cat. We had Nala the cat who holds the Guinness World Record for most Instagram followers. Oh uh, my God. How many? Oh gosh, I don't know what she's at now. I, I a lot, like millions and millions and millions oh for for a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Great Grams of Gary is an adventure cat. Uh, so we've had we've had a whole bunch. Pudge the cat. I could literally we could have a whole conversation about celebrity. <laughs> But it's a really fun event, and uh, and most importantly, we've been able to raise a lot of money for cat rescues every year. So we've gone virtual the last couple of years. This year will be virtual uh, in May as well, but we're hoping uh, in 2023 we'll be back in person. All right, super. Well, that was great, uh, Linda. I appreciate your time in this. Thank you. All right, super. That was Linda Hawang, who is a leading Alberta uh, blogger and social media strategist. I'm Mario Tanaguzzi. This has been Edmonton's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.